0: Hey again, welcome and thanks for joining us. We hope that uh, the message from Sunday kind of gave you a little bit clearer picture of what we want and where we want to go. And and I want to recap that for you before we dive in. But basically, we want our purpose to be to create the kind of people who love God passionately, who serve our neighbors generously, and who grow in Christ intentionally. And now, when we talk about ministries with that as the purpose, it's not that those things maybe don't happen in ministries or sometimes happen in ministries. Maybe some of them or maybe all of them happen, but we want to be about shaping everything around those three things. And we have to understand that if we as people grow in deeper, more passionate love for God, then we're going to serve neighbors more generously. We're going to grow more intentional in Christ. If we serve neighbors more generously, we're probably going to increase our passionate love for God and we're probably going to grow in Christ more intentionally. And if we do the last thing, grow in Christ intentionally more, we're probably going to serve neighbors more generously and we're probably going to love God more passionately. Understand this. Think of these three things as a triangle, three points, and the movement of any one affects the other two. So to deepen one of those deepens all three. And that's going to be our goal, our desire. We want to structure our ministries around doing these three things. We're going to talk about the process this coming Sunday. I don't want to go there yet. But I do want to kind of, I don't, it doesn't feel like I'm trying to explain or excuse, but maybe I am. If I am, so be it. I don't care. But um, I want to go back to that question of how do I live well? And, And I think that The understanding that that's the question that our culture is asking more and more now than it ever has, I think understanding that helps position us as the body of Christ to be able to say, I have the answer. I have the answer to how I live well. Because let's talk through this for just one minute. And these are just my opinions. And if you're a sociologist and you disagree with me, I'd love to have coffee and you can help me see see where... The error of my ways where I'm misunderstanding things. But I think from a, from a psychological and sociological standpoint, this is something we can all acknowledge. We've been through a period in the 80s where Western culture was very consumeristic. So it was about how can I get what I want? How can And, and, and money was never an end to itself, but it was a means to an end. And so the 80s, the the decade of greed that, that came into the 80s was a shift from what was going on in the 70s, which was absolute personal freedom. I can do whatever I want, right? So what's the meaning of life? The meaning of life is to live free. In the 80s, the question was, what's the meaning of life? The meaning of life is to get stuff. Remember the bumper stickers in the 80s? Some of you guys do, right? He who dies with the most toys wins. That was the cultural mentality. What's the meaning of life? The meaning of life is how much stuff can I acquire? And so then then the 90s came along and we didn't stop asking that question. The, the, The question was still, what is the meaning of life? But we started to shift in the answers we were willing to accept. So the meaning of life became, how can I throw off any boundaries and limits? How can I allow my desires to become sacred objects and fulfill them and that was the meaning of life the meaning of life is doing what you want getting what you want when you want becoming who you want to be and so that's what culture told us here's how we we answer the question what's the meaning of life well here's what happened in the early 2000s and, and and continued on what happened was, with every cultural movement, eventually it ends and there's this big pushback. So, so the cultural movement of what's the meaning of life and living over meaning of life ended. And then there was this big pushback. The, the pushback resulted in the question, how do I live well? So what is a good life? What's a well-lived life? And, and I think we started asking, answering that question before we started asking the question out loud. So by the time we got to the place where the culture was already answering the question, it's almost, in some sense, too late. So the, the, the answer to the question became things around um, gender identity issues. It became answers around relational issues. It became um, questions around legalizing different drugs and things. And all those things became answers that were suitable to how do I live well. Well, I can't live well if marijuana is not legalized, so now we gotta press to have marijuana legalized. I can't live well if I can't be in a same gender marriage, so now we gotta press to have the laws changed around marriage. I can't live well if the government will not um, vote on issues the way I want and give me spaces and cities to have the type of world that I want and everybody can have their world. Um, so so I need to be an activist around that. I can't live well if uh, there are certain levels of violence directed at different people. Or, or, so, and all of these things are valid things, but they were never intended to be the answer. And so the question, how do I live well, began to get answered by cultural things that um, we're willing to shout over and fight over and then the freedom to exercise those things without any sense of global standard, if, if um, that makes sense. So there is no right or wrong. It's all gray. And what's right for you and what's wrong for me may be the actual same thing. But you go do your right and I'll avoid my wrong and everybody's happy. So there's no cultural standard anymore. So how do I live well? Well, I live well by being allowed to do whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, however I want to do it, from the identity that I choose for myself. Now here's the problem that's happening with that. For the first time in the history of North America, teenagers report being the loneliest segment of the population. Up until recently, up until this survey in 2020, 2020 the elderly those over 65 always reported as being the the, feeling the most lonely and isolated for the first time in western culture kids between 13 and 19 feel most isolated and alone so here's what's happening what used to be the pattern of the church is you come to church and then when you graduate from high school you move on you don't come back Is changing The pattern of church that's coming now that I think is on the horizon and is already here to some degree is the people that are coming out of their teen years with this deep sense of loneliness and isolation and confusion because they tried to answer the question, how do I live well with all the cultural answers at a much earlier age than we, uh, those of us of older generations, ever had to answer it. So they tried to answer it much earlier, which means by the time they get in their late teens and early 20s, they have found that all of those answers don't work. And I think what we're actually doing now as a church is preparing a space for those people who we will call Gen Zers or the next generation after Gen Z to come into to be able to say, I have a question. How do I live well? I tried all these ambiguous cultural things. I wasn't male. I wasn't binary and that didn't help. I, I, I was able to, to go to the weed store and get high and that didn't help. And I dropped out of school and I didn't have to do this and, the, and all these things that we have invited our culture into saying there's no absolutes and this is the outcome of all these things have failed. And so now we're going to have a generation of people that the question is, how do I live well? And the problem is, I'm not sure that we're prepared to answer that as a church unless we begin to live in the kingdom of God now. Because if I'm not living into the kingdom of God now, the only answer I can give that generation of how do I live well is you play by the rules. You come to church, you step over that line of faith, and then you sit in the waiting room with the rest of us to die and go to heaven. I don't think this generation is concerned about living well in eternity. I think they're concerned about living well now. Well, guess what? Jesus addressed that in Matthew 5, in Mark 1, when it says he began to preach the gospel, saying, Repent, because the kingdom of God is at hand. So, our purpose that we laid out Sunday, the purpose to to love God patiently and serve neighbors generously and, and grow in Christ intentionally is a purpose that is actually about living into the kingdom of God now. It's about living well. If we answer the question, how do I live well, with the answer of love God patiently, serve neighbors generously, grow in in Christ intentionally. We actually have space for other people to do that with us. So when this generation that's coming up that has frustration because nobody's answering their question, the people that had the answers, the church, are too busy trying to answer the old question that they're not asking anymore. We answer that question, how do I live well? And the answer is simply this. By living into the kingdom of God now. Well, how's that going to make me live well? Ah, because when you seek to live in the kingdom of God now, you will realize you are not the type of person who can live in the kingdom of God now, which will open the door by God's grace for his spirit to change you into the kind of person who can live in the kingdom of God now because that's what you want and that's what he does. Now, you're going through your transformation. You're becoming that kind of person. And one of these people who has the question, how do I live well, brushes up against your life or watches you from afar. Or maybe is even your child watching how you live out in your own home. And they will say, I'm not sure how to live well, but I know where to go to live well. If I go into the kingdom of God, I can learn how to live well. So that's my encouragement for you. Purpose, yeah, we laid that out. Love God patiently. Serve neighbors generously. Grow in Christ intentionally. That's our purpose. Where does that purpose lead us to? It leads us to life in the kingdom of God. And why do we want to live in the kingdom of God? So that those who don't know the answer to the question, how do I live well, which is Jesus himself, will find that answer by brushing up against our transformed and transforming lives. So simply put, this purpose should result in all of us growing more into the image of Christ and being released on the world. So I hope that's helpful. I'd love to encourage you to talk in your group. If if you don't ask any other questions, maybe this is one of the questions. Talk about how you've seen this shift in our culture from the question being, what is the meaning of life to the question being, how do I live well? Talk about how that shows up in our cultural venues. You know, how that shows up in, in music, in media, in arts, in sports, in advertising, and in, in everywhere. I think if you pressed into it a little bit, you'd begin to see that these subtle shifts create um, seismic changes. And we got to keep up with that if we're going to offer a lost and wounded world the answer to the right question. So have a great time in your conversation. Let me pray for you. And we will see you next Sunday as we talk about the process by which we will realize this purpose. So look forward to seeing you then. Father, I just ask that you pour your blessings out on all of us, God, that you just give us hearts that fall so deeply in love with you that we we see you in your perfection and see ourselves in our own flaws and yet find that you love us deeply and that that just creates a passionate desire for a relationship with you, that you you give us a willingness to serve our neighbors generously. that that generous service flows out of a place of recognizing needs, not desiring um, praise or accolades. And that you open our hearts and our minds to what we could be if we would grow in Christ intentionally. And just give us a vision, a picture of that. Help us find the intention to realize it. And then just open our hearts and our minds to the means by which we can pursue that. Let's ask you to pour a blessing over every group as they have conversation. And I pray that that the excitement level just goes up, that there's an enthusiasm and accountability and a desire to unleash your kingdom. First in our own hearts and then in our homes and then in our church and then in this community and then in this country and in this hemisphere and then in this world, God. And I pray that that um, is something that starts now and becomes a torrent that overflows all of us. And it starts in community. So let that be the catalyst in every group that's having a conversation around this lesson. To to seek to grow is this, this overflowing of your spirit on us that wants to see the world changed, to see your son lifted up, and to see others benefit from that. So we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.